What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And we are finally playing Outer Worlds. It exists. Let's go. Today we're talking about why Fallout 76 was judged so harshly with no guests today. But guess what? You got more of us. Let's go. You love us, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love you, listeners and viewers. Speaking of people I love, Liz, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. It's getting crunch time to the move. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Isn't it fun? No. Isn't it fun? No. Moving's fun. No. It's so great. No. Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting and stressful at the same time. Because, yeah, you get to experience, like, a new place and all that. But it's, uh, it's like packing your house and then moving your house and then yeah. moving into a new house. Yeah, that's how it works. That's what moving is. Yeah, exactly. But... Uh, I am not looking forward to driving a U-Haul through New uh, New York. But it'll be fine once you get out of New York. It's yeah, that's the first hour. That's just it. It's just like driving a U-Haul. The first hour is the most stressful when you're driving the U-Haul out of New York. But then once you yeah. get on the Jersey Turnpike, pff, you're yeah. fine. We're giving them hints of where we're living. Ooh, spooky. But, so... As we said before, today we are talking about the uh, Fallout 76 and w why we judged it so harshly. We're not going to be talking about um, a rant in any sort of capacity. We want to look at it um, not as objectively, but just as unbiased and just looking at what was happening around Fallout 76 at the time. But before we get there, we have two segments to give you. That's right. We got two. Because if you're new here, hi, how you doing? Click, you know, click subscribe. Do it. Subscribe. Uh, either if you're watching us on iTunes, watching us, or listening to us on YouTube. Look at that. Look at me go. There you go. So anyways, uh, definitely hit that subscribe. If you're new here, we give you two segments, uh, three segments, actually. One, we're starting with movie minutes, and we're going to be talking about a movie that we saw in the past week. And then we give you the top three gaming news that happened in the past week. And we are going into the big topic, the big topic. Big. Uh, and that is the Fallout 76 topic. But let's just get started. You're, you're all excited. You're all excited for getting this uh, podcast started. So let's just jump into it. But before we do, we would just want to remind you, you can follow us on the social medias on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us individually, be friends with us there, and you know, chat with us there. But you can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, where you can check out some gaming memes, behind-the-scenes photos, and the midweek speak question. Every single Wednesday, we upload here on the YouTube channel of midweek speak, and we want to bring you into the conversation. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and I will give you those questions on Fridays, around 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And finally, you can check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can check out all of the episodes as well as find out where you can listen to the audio episodes of the podcast. And, you know, subscribe. That'd be cool of you. Anyways, without further ado, let's just jump right into it with our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about a movie that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, because we're, 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 we're relevant in that way. So we like to recommend it, or we don't recommend it. And this week's movie is actually in theaters. We're relevant. Look at us go. And since, since it is spoopy season, we decided to watch a spoopy movie. Oh, geez. And that movie is called Countdown. Yeah. 
So this is just arriving in theaters this past weekend. Um, it's spoopy. So let's get into it. Uh, Liz, overall thoughts on the movie Countdown? Um, it was definitely um, scarier than I thought it was going to be. It was a lot more tense, yeah. Yeah, it was very tense. And yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that good because they didn't have any like highly rated actors. Um, they didn't... Yeah. Well, they... they not highly... Act, uh, not recognizable. Not recognizable, but you watch this movie and you're like, "Hey, hey, look at you! You're still, you're still doing stuff." Yeah, I'm not going to spoil but who like, it is. But, but not even that. It's like the re- the overall the cast. They're more. They're just recognizable. Like, oh, I recognize them from something. Yeah, but they're not one. They don't have the big names. Exactly. And um, so I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't sure how it was going to be. I've only seen like a, one or two advertisements for it. And, mm-hmm. So it just it didn't seem like it was going to be that great movie. It looked like it was going to be one of those movies that looked really good, but then ended up being really bad. Yeah. Um, but overall, it actually surprised me. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in the correct times, got scared and tense, and yeah, it was good. Yeah. No, I agree. And um, l- let's just jump into the notes that I wrote down here, uh, talking about more detail of what we thought about the movie. To the movie's credit, I want to give I want to give a lot of credit to this movie because. It doesn't give you a ton of exposition. The movie just starts. Yeah. Act one is probably the weakest in this movie, but I I will give it credit that it's in a party scene. It's a bunch of teenagers at a party. They're talking about cell phone apps and just saying like, hey, we should all... This is part of the Mm -hmm. plot of the movie. It's not really spoiling anything. We're not going to spread any spoilers here, but, you know, uh, they're, they're going around... And, you know, oh, we should download this one. It's, it's called Countdown. Uh, it lets you know when you die. Mm-hmm. And, they all, and they all download it and they all chuckle about it. And, you know, one of them gets, you know, a couple minutes or, or an hour. And, you know, she starts freaking out. You, the movie just starts. Yeah. And I like that. And, and I like how it's not like this deep backstory and back in, you know, the Middle Ages, back in the Dark Ages, this mm-hmm. witch uh, put a secret magical a curse, a curse yeah. on the iPhone 11. And, uh, yeah. and it, it just starts. And yeah. I love that. But um, what did you think of Act One? It was good. I did at first think, like, is this what it's going to be? Yeah. Like, it's just going to go around to a bunch of different people is this what we're doing it felt like like, it was going to be a web short yeah Mm -hmm. like at first i was like this is not like at first i thought i was right that it was not going to be good because it just didn't look like it was going anywhere but once they decided on a main character yeah it was great no i i wholeheartedly agree there you go yeah but uh yeah, and, and I like that. It just carefully plays everything. And instead of giving you exposition, which is my second note here, uh, the backstory and the lore of the movie are, I'll say it, I'll give the movie credit, it's carefully placed. It's solid. It's its a solid backstory, and you get to learn piece by piece each and every, is the movie unexpected, or is the plot like, wow, that threw me up, like through a loop that, no, it, it's not filled with twists. You, you kind of watch it and it just says, Makes sense, or you, you kind of see what's coming. You, you kind of know where it's going with all of this. But to the movie's credits, to the movie's credit, uh, I think that the lore, the backstory, everything was just placed very well, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and you could follow along with it. Do you agree? 
Yeah, definitely. You you could follow on. You could pick up the pieces and it explains. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't so intricate that you like because there are some movies where their plot and background is so intricate. You're like, wait, why is this happening? Yeah. A uh, fun little story when we were in the theaters, actually, um, and there's there's a section of the movie where the main main actress is is finding out more about this app and she's going through is it fake is it phony, and she's going through these tense stories, and it's becoming like a little bit more yeah. tense of where it's going to, and you're just your heart's pounding already. Our theater had a blackout that yeah. moment, and my heart sank. Yeah, because like the entire theater just went dark in one of the yeah. most tense scenes. I was like, in my head, I was like, "Yo, whose countdown? Whose countdown just went off, man? I'm I'm not playing around here." Yeah. But it was that was a lot of immersion right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the floodlights came on, and the guy came in and said, "All right, yeah. we had a blackout. Your movie will be back on shortly." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, that was really bad timing. Yeah, but uh. It, that was fully immersed in the movie, but uh, yeah, I, I think that the writing, I I think that the writing, the plot, the lore was well handled. You yeah. knew what was coming. You, you knew what was happening. And I think the movie recognized that. I don't think it was as good as uh, Ready or Not in the way of not taking itself too seriously. However, I, I think the movie recognized, like the, the, the screenwriters recognized you know what's coming, mm-hmm. but they they try to make it a good journey for you. Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts before we move into our last note? Um, no, I just think it was a good, it was a solid movie. I, you know, relatively enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, some some fault to this movie that the the movie was a good concept. I think it was. I think here's one note I have that I didn't put in here. I think it was a very good. It was an incredibly good uh, social commentary on cell phone usage uh, because the whole point of it, kind of spoilery, but you get to see it in act one. Like the very first 10 minutes, you get to see, oh, okay, you're you're going into this. You have to read the terms and conditions of the yes. countdown app and then click select, but they don't read the terms and conditions. Because no one does. And I think that's a good social commentary on a lot of these apps that – People are downloading. I'm not going to just say kids are downloading. People, human beings, adults. Even online, like outside of your phone. Yeah. When you're doing websites or signing up for this or that, no and one you, reads it. And you sign your life away, essentially. And that, and that's just it. Like the, the terms and conditions are important. And this is just a fabulous commentary on that kind of usage. So I think it's brilliant. However, I, I think the acting was kind of clunky. Uh, even the writing kind of backtracks a little bit it it wasn't up to par with what the movie plot could be and even the acting was just i don't want to say dry it wasn't dry it was just definitely not up to par of what it should have been yeah i mean the main a lot of tropes the main actress i've seen a couple of her things Mm -hmm. and i actually really enjoy her acting yeah Um, she was great in the movie yeah because i mean and she has she's done a she's done a few good things yeah um, but yeah, the acting overall, I don't think was that bad. It wasn't so bad that it was distracting yeah. in any way. For me, it was mostly the writing. Mm-hmm. The story was great, but yeah. it just seemed the writer couldn't keep up with mm-hmm. the story that they were trying to produce. Uh, let's go into our overall ratings for the movie. What did you give it out of 10? 
I gave it a seven out of ten because, like I said, I was thoroughly scared. Mm-hmm. Gave me a good scare. I haven't seen a really good movie that scared me. Yeah. Or made me that tense in yeah. a while. So I that was really good, especially by today's standards with mm-hmm. what I've been seeing. Um, and it was like I said, I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed I really enjoyed the story and the backstory. Really yeah. the fault for me was the writing. It just felt like something was missing. Yeah. I would also give it a seven. Seven for us is a decent movie. A six is above average and eight is a solid film. Seven, decent. And I think this was just that. It's a seven. It's a decent movie. Not a waste of money. Not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. I would recommend it, especially in this season. Spoopy season. I think it's a a well-made film and I think it's well worth your time. You have a week until spoopy season is over and we go into family fun. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, so I would, if you're into really tense, really scary movies and you're in the mood for a good Halloween film, I think Countdown is for you. Yeah. If you're not into scary movies, if you're not into that adrenaline rush, don't see this movie. If you're not into that, uh, I, I think, like I said, I think it has a good commentary into cell phone usage, but... Mm-hmm. That's about as mainstream as it can get, but it's it's just definitely one of those really good, decent It's a good thrillers. Halloween time thriller. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on the movie Countdown. Uh, it's in theaters right now. It just came out this past weekend. I would recommend it, but yeah. you're here for video game stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump into it. Let's just talk about the top three gaming news in our next segment. Top three gaming news. Top three gaming news this is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. So let's just jump to it with our number three in the gaming news. And this is about Google Stadia, everybody. Woo! Haven't yeah. talked about that in a while. Yeah, exactly. And and Stadia is coming out next month, uh, November. I can't remember the name, uh, the date off the top of my head. But we're actually going to have a special guest a week after it comes out, and we're going to talk with. Uh, this special guest about this special guest's uh, experience in Google Stadia. So this special guest knows who he is, Brian McGinnis of Playbook Characters Podcast. Uh, but he he knows who he is. Uh, but let's talk about this. Google actually announced, right, they will be making new game studios to make Stadia exclusives. And this is really awesome. This is really good. This shows that they're serious about this, that out of the gate, sure, you can be questionable about it. I'm questionable about it. Brian McGinnis is not a questionable about it. But, you know, that's why we're going to have him on this guest. But Stadia releasing next month, there's a lot of worries. There's a lot of concerns that there's only third-party studio games coming to it. Why am I going to buy Google Stadia when I can just play that game? Well, on a system you already have. Like my PC or my Xbox One X or my Switch. And there's a lot of concern. However, Jade Jade Raymond, who is formerly of Ubisoft and EA, and now she's with Google Stadia, uh, has a lot to say about this, and you know she she gives some good remarks about what Google's doing. She she says this: "We have a plan that includes building out a few different first party." Uh, let me just say that again. I'm so sorry. We have a plan that includes building out a few different first party studios. She tells the publication. Adding later that Google plans to release Stadia exclusive titles every 
year, including games that do things which aren't possible on today's game consoles, like full physics simulations or, and this is where I'm questioning, or integrating the Google Assistant to be the voice of NPCs in the game. Mm. So I think it's really good. And it's just saying that, like, listen, it's not coming out the year, but it's going to be coming out every single year. Google Stadia exclusives. You're not going to have to wait four years, but we're already working on some. But just out of the gate, is this going to be what it is? Liz, what are your thoughts? I think that's a fine business plan. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to get your console, whatever it is, exactly out there. You want to get your thing out there and that's fine and like she said we're planning on doing things but we want to get basically she's saying we want to get this to you sooner rather than making you wait till we have our own games to put on it right we're getting it to you so you can experience it so by the time our games come out you're familiar Mm -hmm. you like you'll know what's going on you'll know how to work everything so I, i mean i think that's a really good business plan to get it to the people and then provide them with that stuff later exactly so yeah, I think this is really good. Uh, not much more to say about this, but really exciting. I would love to see. I really want to know more about this Google Assistant NPC thing. Yeah. It, it our like- NPC is going to be sounding like this. How can Google assist you? I mean, how yeah. can I assist you? Yeah. And it's just, okay, sure. But yeah, really exciting news. Yeah. So um, all the articles that we talk about today will be linked down below in the description, whether you're listening on audio or on YouTube. So, you know, give it a read. I, I think it's really interesting. So moving on to our number two gaming news, Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft delays a bunch of games. Yes. A whole lot of games. Yes. Uh, making our Wednesday's upload, last Wednesday's upload, um, a little irrelevant. Yep. Thanks, Ubisoft. Yep. And also Sony. So Ubisoft delays three games that we know of. And that includes Watch Dogs Legions, um, Gods and Monsters, and as well as the Rainbow Six Siege uh, DLC, kind of like new uh, title expansion uh, known as Quarantine. Now I was really looking forward to Quarantine, but it's delayed. However, this past week, uh, Yves Gimel, I think I said his name right, announced this. And this is actually in response to the poor reception to both Ghost Recon Breakpoint and surprisingly Division 2. Hmm. I thought Division 2 went well. I I thought it was doing good sales numbers because a lot of people were talking about it. I talked about it. I wasn't so hooked into it like the first Division was. I I, I played Division 2 maybe 30 hours, probably that, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I like Division 1 better, but I thought that was just my opinion. But apparently there was some poor reception to that. So... With this announcement, uh, Gilmo actually made a statement, which I want to read to you, audience. Uh, He has this to say. While each of these games already has a strong identity and high potential, he's talking about Watch Dogs, Legions, Gods and Monsters, all that. Uh, We want our teams to have more development time to ensure that their respective innovations are perfectly implemented so as to deliver optimal experiences for players, Gilmo says. This decision will have a very significant impact on our financial results for this fiscal year and goes against our recent successes in building the most stable development model. 
However, it is in line with our strategy to maximize the future value of our brands for the long-term benefit of our employees, players, and shareholders. Money, 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 which I don't fault him for. Yeah. I don't because it's a business move. He has shareholders. You are a business. You have people giving you money to grow the company. Those people will take away their money if you don't do a good job of giving them money. Yeah. And if you do that, then you have to lay off people, you know, kind of like GameStop is doing, and you make people lose their jobs. So yeah. you can you can tell Yves Gamal like, oh, well, you know, he's in it all about the money. I don't know. I, I think Sometimes he's, you have to be a little bit about the money. Yeah. In, in this case, I think he's... I think he's doing a good job with Ubisoft titles. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Odyssey. I wasn't. And I've been vocal about this on the podcast. Yeah. But Liz, what are your thoughts when you read that statement? Um, I mean, like you said, yep. it's not. <laughs> sorry. I don't have to like, collect my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the morning. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, like you said, it's it can't always be about the money. I think it's fine that they're delaying things if it means that they're going to make them better. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. You know how that's what that's our opinion on in that matter. Yeah. And even talking about that, when we're talking about the subject, the big topic of this podcast, one of the things came up and said, should we talk about like, is it good for games to be delayed? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Like that's that's a whole podcast. Super short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because he Gilmo is rightfully so kind of freaked out with Ghost Recon Breakpoint because that was a buggy mess. It was mm-hmm. horrible on release. So it's the first Ghost Recon, and so is the game we're going to be talking about next. Um, but yeah, it has a buggy mess. But he is now concerned with okay, we were on a good roll. That, that yeah. E3 that we came out, I want to say 2017. I want to see, yeah, E3 2017 was fantastic for Ubisoft. They they won the whole thing. They were on the right track. And then for some reason, they yeah. fell off. And now he's saying like, okay, we need to gather our teams. We need to collect ourselves so that we can, and I like what he says here, the last point, to, maxify, to maximize the future value of our brands for the long-term benefit of our employees players and shareholders he's thinking yeah. about the long run yeah so yes delaying games is kind of rough for the players because i wanted to play watchdogs legions but it's good for the long-term plan um also little side note yes i do know the last of us 2 was delayed and i am crying on the inside about yeah. that also there are rumors and i think this is official that Ghost of Tsushima was also delayed because of Last of Us 2. So because Last of Us was delayed, so was Ghost of Tsushima. So there's a bunch of games being delayed. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that because quarter one 2020 was just way too crowded. Uh, you can check out Wednesday's upload right here, even though it's um, uh, irrelevant now. Yeah, because Be- none of that stuff's coming out. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about Fallout uh, 76 Wastelanders, which is set to be coming out quarter one 2020 and there's a lot of competition now the competition it's over there speaking of fallout 76 let's just jump into our number one gaming news which is bethesda announced adam you had time to you had time to uh you you know think through this you're not angry about this anymore a paid subscription service 
for Fallout 76. Yeah. Ah! Now, the reason why I'm actually glad that I'm not reporting this out of the gate emotionally is because I had more time to think about this. And that's why we have today's topic of why Fallout 76 was judged harshly. But let's talk about this first. The announcement of Fallout First came this past week. And it was a promised private servers. Yep. Private servers have, we've been wanting that since day one. We've been begging for it. And then when Wastelanders was, you know, pushed off, they said, hey, private servers are coming this week. We're like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. We got private servers. You have to pay for it, though. What? Why? <laughs> and so let's talk about the benefits here. The benefits of Fallout, 7, uh, Fallout First. So let's bring this up. Uh, first and foremost, in Fallout First, uh, there are private worlds playing and play in a private world exclusively, exclusively for you and up to seven of your friends. Now let's pause right there because there actually have been reports to say that the private worlds aren't actually private. Hmm. If you have a massive friends list and you're in your private world and you're in there, people can just click your name and just enter into your private world. So you're paying for it, but your friends can get into it for free? Yeah, you don't have just to invite them. friends with you. Yeah. You can just, like, go into it. That's a little faulty. Yeah. Um, Scrapbox. The unlimited storage for crafting components in your new Scrapbox container. Let's take a pause again because there also have been reports that people who have the Scrapbox, they put their items into it and uh, they're gone. Huh. All gone. Your scrap is gone. Like the box is like an it's actually a hole into like into a black hole. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And then you have let's continue the survival tent, a new placeable fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more for your basic needs. The atoms. I'm Adam. This is atoms. Good job. Thank you. Receive uh, one thousand six hundred fifty atoms per month to use in the atomic shop. The Ranger Armor Outfit, the iconic Fallout outfit exclusive for members. And I find this a little funny because it's from New Vegas, but that's that's beyond me. <laughs> uh, icons and emotes pack and unique icons emotes are available only to members. Now, people are already upset about this. People are already upset about the, the whole game being broken. Patches breaking in even further. And now people are entering into this, and there's been reports to say that they can't even pay Bethesda to get in. Like, they, they try to put in their payment information, and it won't take their money to get in. The private worlds aren't private, and even the scrap box is kind of broken. Yeah. But here's the thing. Thinking more on this, I think they were actually just following steps that they're familiar with. It mm -hmm. just wasn't executed right. And that's what we'll be talking about in our next segment. But it's, it's kind of crazy how close this is to ESO Plus. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment. But uh, Liz, what are your thoughts about this overall? Overall, I mean, we all know my feelings yeah. toward 76 and Bethesda. I mean... It's a fall from grace, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, because I think overall they started out with a great idea. Yeah, and it was going to be good. And if 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 when seventy six released and throughout this year it's gotten it was good and it's gotten strong. Yeah, and then they release this, that'd be great. It'd be a great idea. Mm -hmm. But I think what people are seeing are is that 
they're seeing you release this game. Yeah. That's a buggy mess. Right. When you fix it, it gets worse. When you release things for it, they're terrible and they make the game more problematic. Yeah. And now you want us to pay for it monthly. $13 a month. And I think that's where its downfall is, is that that's what people are seeing. Like, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea and it does offer things. But the things it's offering is broken. Yes. And people are mad that you're asking for money per month. Yes. For a game that they can barely play. Indeed. So I think that's the problem here is that you're asking us to subscribe to something that's broken. Yeah. Like the thing that you're asking us to pay for is broken and the game itself is broken. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think that's the problem with this. I think that's why it's making people so emotional. And that's just it. And and now we want to take a less emotional take. And I want to talk about this more, but I, I think it just fits better into our next segment, into our big topic for today, which why why Fallout 76 was judged so harshly. But that's the top three gaming news. Um, I, I just want to get into the big topic so we can just talk about this a little bit further. But like I said, all of the uh, topics that we talked about, the articles are linked down in the description down below, as well as if you want to get started with your own podcast, I do have links to the equipment that we use down below the Amazon links. So if you want to get started, like what our mics are, what the setup is, uh, you can do it yourself. So definitely check that down below. So with all that said and done, let's just jump into our final segment. Every single week here on the Games and Groceries podcast, we like to talk about a certain uh, topic in the gaming industry, whether it be about female gamers or just like when we talked about with limited run games, putting a passion to your career or making a career from your passion. So uh, we we just like to talk about games industries, game game industry things. Things. Good job, Adam's tongue twisting skills. So. Let's just talk about today's topic, and this is a topic that's happening in the games industry right now, and we want to take a more thoughtful approach to this, because every time someone talks about Fallout 76, uh, pointing to myself... I say, anytime we talk about anything involving Bethesda... There is a an emotional <laughs> thing to it, and, and I want yeah. to talk about why was a judge so harshly, and a more yeah. thoughtful approach to it, and there's some things that could have led to why I was judged this harshly yeah like why is it that anytime 76 is brought up it makes everyone so angry yeah and first and foremost um one thing that needs to be stated we can't be blaming finger pointing to one the players who enjoy the game yeah i mean hey if they if they want to play it sorry if they want to play it and they want to enjoy this game yeah that's on them more power to you if you can deal with it Perfect. You I'm, didn't waste your money. I talked to a good number of my friends who are still playing Fallout 76 and they're they're really enjoying the game. And yeah. you know what? You can't just blame them for that because they paid $60 and <laughs> they're not wasting their $60 as a good us. Yeah. <laughs> it wasted $60. I wouldn't say it's a waste. Well, not a waste, but like you ba- we spent $60 and we're not using it as yeah. opposed to your friends who paid their $60 and they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that there's people there are people out there who are genuinely enjoying the game. Don't blame the players. Yeah. You know, and that's just it. And the other thing, don't blame the devs. Don't blame them. And, and don't blame the com- the community managers. Like the, everybody's just finger pointing. And I just want to bring up a like something. Raise your hands if you ever worked a retail job. Oh, it's it's both <laughs> of us. 
Uh, I worked in a GameStop. You worked at a CVS as well as... I, I mean, I worked at CVS and a Planet Fitness. And a Planet Fit. I also worked at a Planet Fitness. There are things that come from the heads that just like Guillermo, you know, he has a lot of shareholders who are coming down his back and then they go down to the other path. There's a lot of heads up that are just coming down and saying, hey, we have to implement this. And I remember working at GameStop and I was just doing what pretty much my CEO was telling me to do. And, you know, I was the one blamed. I'm like pointing fingers like you're the one. You're the reason why GameStop is this way. I'm like, no, I am not. I am here. I just work work here. I just work here. I need to pay things. (laughs) So we can't just be blaming the customers. We can't be finger pointing to the devs or anything like that. We need to actually, without a lot of emotions, say, why are we judging this so harshly? And you can just say, oh, because it's broken. A lot of games are broken, man. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. Welcome to 2019. A lot of games are broken. Anthem. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) But here's the thing. Let's let's just discuss this right now. Why we were judging it so harshly. Now, this is going back to 2013-2014. What game was released in 2014? Elder Scrolls Online. Now, this was not a Bethesda Game Studios game. Now, also, big note here, there's Bethesda the Publisher, there's Bethesda Game Studios. Bethesda the Publisher uh, has the subsidiary areas just like uh, ZeniMax Online Studios, which is the makers of uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, as well as Arcane Studios, Making Prey, uh, ID, ID Software, which of course, you know, Doom and Rage. And then you got Bethesda Game Studios, Skyrim, Fallout. The, this is the person making Fallout 76. Now, since ZeniMax, oopsies, I clipped. Uh, since ZeniMax Online made Elder Scrolls Online, mm-hmm. Fallout fans have been saying, you know what? You know, it'd be great in online Fallout. And there's been yeah. so much discussion of how can I get, you know, into the Fallout universe with my friends and in this world and being mm-hmm. the lone wanderer in the Fallout universe, but with my friends. And there's been a lot of talk and a lot of buildup has been coming from this discussion. Yeah. And I and I think that so far where we're going for in 2014 into 2015 it's just a lot of expectations. Yeah. Three years, four years, even before the game releases. Yeah. You know, um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, like you said, back when that all happened and people are like, when, of course, when, when there are new things like ESO. Yeah. When something new like that comes out, you imagine how could that work in my favorite game? Right. You know, like. I think that happens to anyone, whether it be Fallout fans or other types of fans. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, I wonder how that could work in my favorite game. I wonder how, like even like in today where they're rebooting old shows. Yeah. It's like, oh, like they rebooted, I think Fuller House came before Girl Meets World. No, it came after. Okay. So Girl Meets World came out. Everyone's like, what if this show did it? What if this show did it? What if this show did it? And then suddenly... Everyone started doing it. So I think that's just what happens. It's like when one person does want one new thing, mm-hmm. everyone wants it on their favorite yeah. game. And keep in mind that this is not Bethesda Game Studios making the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, and I, and I would like to point this out, that Elder Scrolls Online is being praised so far because of Fallout 76's failures. But you have to keep in mind that Elder Scrolls Online was once known as like the garbage yeah. of Elder Scrolls. 
nobody wanted to play it. Yeah. In fact, in 2018, 2019, there's a lot of people who said, you know what? It's safe to go back and el- it's safe to go back. <laughs> it's safe. You shouldn't be saying in it's four safe. four years, it, it was <laughs> yeah. safe to go back. There's a lot of talks to say that this is not canon. This is not my Elder Scrolls, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to be a fine game. Yeah. But like I said, there's an online Elder Scrolls. People want to say, I want an online Fallout. And now we come to 2015. What game comes out then? You guessed it. Fallout 4. I personally did not mind Fallout 4. Uh, and a lot of people rag on people who say it's a good game. Mm-hmm. Like what Mr. Matty plays, you know, near perfection, and he still gets ragged on for that. By the way, if you're still doing that, you know, just stop. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways, but the poor reception behind Fallout 4, how uh, it didn't have a lot of RPG mechanics, the voice protagonist, the bugs. Already, you have Elder Scrolls Online coming out in 2014. It was not well received when it first came out. Then you get 2015, Fallout 4. And it is not received that well. And even the DLCs that came out for Fallout 4 were, were not well received besides Far Harbor. If you had not played Far Harbor on Fallout 4, it is fantastic. The only DLC you need to play on that. But all the others, all the other DLCs were not praised as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of scrutiny. We're already coming into 2014, 2015. We're getting a lot of just saying, like, I want an online fallout yeah but then you have these already already poor receptions of the bethesda name already it's starting Mm -hmm. to dip its toes into and and here's the other thing about fallout 4 and it's a it's a shame it's because that todd howard wanted to venture into what he could do with a video game he wanted to try out voice protagonists if you ever met any artists they want to try new sounds they want to try new flavors they want to do something new and he wanted to experiment with voice protagonists it didn't work and there's a lot of people hating it for that i didn't mind fallout 4 you have not played fallout 4 nope i you haven't have, played any fallout you have not played fallout 3 i've not played any fallout you have not played outer worlds yet okay i think they get the point outer worlds is amazing okay but that's my review so far it's amazing um but the poor reception already put Bethesda on scrutiny. So you already have to like picture yourself. Now, Fallout 76 came out in November of 2018. And it already in 2014, 2015, there's already a lot of bottled up emotions about what an online Fallout could look like. And then you get Fallout 4. And it's not everybody's favorite. Everybody is just upset about Fallout 4. They want Fallout 3 again. And, and Fallout New Vegas. This is Fallout, Fallout New Vegas, which Obsidian made, who also made Outer Worlds. But you're already getting this pent-up um, aggression towards the game, right? Now, let's let's go on another year. Now, this is not due to video games, but I think it has a lot to do with the political climate of today. Let's jump forward into the year 2016, known as one of the worst years in in the modern era. I don't know what happened that year. Harambe died. Everyone died. Yeah, but Harambe. Rest in peace, Harambe. Oh jeez. But now here's the thing. A lot of a lot of events happened in 2016. I wish I wrote down all of them, but 
I believe now this is coming from not an objective standpoint. I don't have the research in front of me. This is just me as a person in the United States who who, lived through 2016. (laughs) I think there was a massive surge, a resurgence in social media negativity in 2016, because here's the big thing that happened in 2016, 2015, 2016. The Trump presidency starts. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't start, but was voted in. Was voted started in. Started in 2017, technically. Exactly. And, and here's the thing. In November 2016, all the way in 2016, Trump, Hillary Clinton, I'm with her, uh, Bernie Sanders. This is one of the most divisive years for people in general. So social media starts to get a resurgence. Um, the, again, Not an objective. I don't have numbers in front of me. This is very subjective when I say this, so keep that in mind. But you have people swarming on Twitter, Instagram, social media, like all sorts of social media, blogs, commentary feeds, talking about how much they hate, why they live right now. The, The area they live right now with the Trump administration, this isn't getting political, Green Party voted in Jill Stein, but, you know, she she wasn't not even close. But... Go green. But now, to keep in mind, ESO comes out 2014. Fallout 76 comes out 2018. In between those times is this massive surge into social media in 2016 where everybody is super negative about everything. And now you have Fallout 76 coming as 2016 approaches. A lot of anger is coming up in people. The political climate right now is not well. Then you get 2017, and it rages up even more. Then you get into 2018. All this is boiling up. So, so far we have, and Elder Scrolls Online, not the greatest game when it first launched. Mm -hmm. You have 2015 with Fallout 4, not the greatest game at launch. 2016, a massive start to social media negativity and voicing your opinion. Everybody has to voice their opinion on social media. I think there's, by the way, I think there's good. Mm-hmm. I think there's good behind this. I'm talking a lot. Liz, do you have any thoughts before I go on a train of thought? No, you can keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like on a on a brain trail here. You are. Yeah. You uh, keep going. Yeah. The man's coming to get us. The Illuminati. Blah, oh, okay, blah. now you can stop. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but here's the thing. There's already... Not great in, in people's minds. Then you have 2016 and everything's building up. Everybody's got their opinions. Everybody's spreading their hate. You get to 2018. Here comes Fallout 76. Okay. Yep. Now let's get into why Fallout 76 was just rough at launch. First and foremost, everybody gets this kind of mixed up. You, uh, what Bethesda Maryland acquires, Bethesda Game Studios acquires... A studio in Austin, which was once known as Battlecry Studios. Battlecry Studios being uh, a game called Battlecry. Does anybody remember Battlecry? No, because it didn't release. Why didn't it release? Because it flopped. It was canceled. It was not good. And so Bethesda says, hey, we want to make an online Fallout game. We want to acquire you. You have your hands in a multiplayer online game known as Battlecry. And they pick them up. And they say, can you help us develop Fallout 76? You see where the problem is coming so far? They hired a company that 
has zero that experience. Has zero experience. Created a game that was so bad it never even released. Yeah. And so and they that's acquired. who they had make their big break into online gaming. Mm-hmm. And now they were the main developers behind Fallout 76. I did not know this information. Yeah. What's even worse is that because they knew how little they knew and they were acquiring them, a lot of people don't remember this, but a lot of the Bethesda softworks, the publishers, developers actually had a lot of hands into Fallout 76. Arcane had their hands in Fallout 76. Id Software had their hands in Fallout 76. Um, Machine Games also had their hands in it. A lot of people were... Tango Gameworks, I believe, was also involved in this. So you have a company that didn't have a lot to go with already. This is a new frontier into Bethesda Game Studios because a lot of people are saying, oh, they made Elder Scrolls Online. No, 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 no. That was ZeniMax Online Studios, which also did have a hand in Fallout 76. They did yeah. try to help them. But there's a just a ton of mess already. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So now we're getting into this is kind of a mess. Okay. Now, before I lose my train of thought here, uh, people are already mad at Fallout 76, which is why with this all this rage, all this pent-up anger that started, and I will argue this till the day I die, all of this started as early as 2014, four years before this game even released. There's already rage against this game. Yeah. I'd like to argue. Now we come to, now before I lose my train of thought and I run out of time, I want to bring this up. A lot of people are already mad at the Fallout first subscription because they are comparing it, you know, to, to itself. It's broken. It's a mess. Why would they charge us that much? I want to bring up something. ESO has also a paid subscription called ESO Plus. Mm-hmm. Now, Bethesda Game Studios was only doing, and I'll argue this later, and I know Liz isn't talking a lot. But, I just sit here and look pretty. Yeah. like I, It's just in my mind, like the objective standpoint into why Fallout 76 is not that great or, or, or why people are judging it so harshly is because ESO came out first. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's mad about Fallout first and how they were following the steps and probably ZeniMax, which is the parent company to Bethesda, which also made the online company ZeniMax online. They said like, hey, listen, to fix your game, you need to follow Elder Scrolls Online. Let's take a look at the comparison between Fallout First and ESO Plus. First and foremost, now I have the image up on YouTube, but I will read it to you, the audience who is listening on audio version. So Fallout First, one of the things it has is unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrap box container. Looking at ESO Plus... Unlimited storage for crafting materials. Fallout first, unlimited storage for crafting components. ESO plus, unlimited storage for crafting materials. Now let's look at something else. Uh, Fallout first, receive 1,650 atoms per month. Look at ESO plus, receive 1,650 crowns per month. 1,650 atoms, 1,650 crowns. You're, You're getting the image here. And there's also the exclusive access to unique crown store deals. I believe Fallout First also has deals in the Atom Store. 
And people are comparing this. Now, here's the interesting fact, and here's what blew my mind because I forgot how much ESO Plus was. Fallout First is $13 a month or $100 for the year. ESO Plus is $15 a month and $140 for the year. Mm-hmm. So you're already looking at how these two compare and the price point is important. They're like, oh, you're you're charging us for this broken game. How could you do that? Well, hang on there. Zenimax is above Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Okay. And clearly they can only afford six, well, 1650 Well, yeah, and that's just it. I think ESO set up Fallout first. Yeah. And Zenimax said, hey, listen, Elder Scrolls Online is doing very, very well. You need to follow the same model as ESO Plus. And it's already cheaper. It's yeah. cheaper than ESO Plus. Again, ESO Plus is $15 a month. Fallout First is $13 a month. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out about how you can play Game Pass for $9.99 and all this. But they seem to forget that, listen, Bethesda is a company that is headed up by Zenimax Studio, which is headed up by shareholders. Yep. So here's here's just that. Now, let's go back a bit, okay? Going back to 2014 with ESO, people start to forget how much of a mess Elder Scrolls Online was in 2014. It was a mess. A mess. Good job. It was buggy. There was quests that would not show up. There was armor issues. There was armor customization issues. You couldn't invite your friends. If your friends were a different level, they couldn't be in the same world as you. Hmm, this sounds quite familiar. And that's just it. Elder Scrolls Online was once known as the garbage heap of Bethesda. It was saying that this is the end for Elder Scrolls. This is the end for Bethesda. Nobody's going to be playing Elder Scrolls Online. It's horrible. It's rancid. Now that sounds really familiar. <laughs> This is 2014. Yeah. 2016 was the resurgence of social media negativity. We're in the year 2018, 2019, right? This resurgence of social media negativity, the hashtags, the trending, it's massive. Arguably more massive than 2014. Yeah. And in 2014, YouTube was very, very different than it is in 2018. Uh, Let's Plays were still fairly big i'll argue it's fairly big in 2014 you know it was dying out but you know you had more gameplay you had a lot more people just like interacting but now it's just negativity discussions exposed videos it's it's a different climate if fallout 76 came out in 2014 i would like to argue that it would be judged a little less you would hear about it a little less than it is in 2018. Do you have any thoughts before I go on another train wreck? <laughs> um, I think you're definitely right on the track of like social media and stuff just because back in 2014, I mean, I'll have to say I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't understand it. I don't think a <laughs> lot of people understood it though. Yeah, I was so confused with Twitter. It took me forever to have a steady Twitter. Yeah. Um, But despite that, mm-hmm. I think... In the in 2014, it wasn't as big of a thing to voice your concerns and be very outspoken on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, in my head, was to um, 
do a more updated like this is what's going on every second of my life because yeah. that's what it started out as yeah and also with that for me it was like i can be friends with celebrities on here yeah it, it and was that a- was the big thing like you could be friends with people in regular life you couldn't be like celebrities yeah. and big personalities and of big time the- rush yeah 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 i was friends with big time rush um but so it was it wasn't seen as that whereas these days it's seen as somewhere like hey I have contact now with Bethesda Studios and you can just ransack can, them. R- yeah, I can write to them mm-hmm. and um do that. And so I think that's the difference is that back when ESO released, you didn't have that um oh. Yeah. You okay. didn't have that access to people that you do now well you did but you didn't see the benefit of it so i think that's the big thing now is that now you have that and people see that they can use twitter to access people i know i'm well i'm talking in circles but (laughs) so was i but i think that's the difference now is that twitter's now seen as a way to access people to talk at yeah. So I think that's the thing is that now they can all simmer together in this one group mm-hmm. on Twitter. So I think that's the big thing. Yeah. One thing I would like to argue as we conclude all of this, and, and I know I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, the social climate and all of this. I, I get that. I do. And, and I'm trying to say that I'm not trying to fault you for trying to argue that this game is indeed broken. Yeah, it's a broken game. It's kind of a mess. I do understand that. It is kind of a mess. However, you also need to like see that if Fallout 76 was released and around the same time, excuse me, and around the same time as Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls Online got a lot of flack. It did. But I think it would be less talked about, less annoyed uh, than that. The other thing I would like to argue is that Bethesda's only following... This is the last point. This is bringing it all together here. Stay with me now on this train here. Uh, (laughs) Jump on board on the Adam train here. The other thing is that they are doing exactly what Fallout is. Because everybody's arguing about the merchandising. Mm -hmm. Fallout was always merchandised. Yeah. Arguably more than Elder Scrolls. Now, you can say that there there is Elder Scrolls merchandise, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to argue with you subjectively. Not objectively, but subjectively. That you will run into a Fallout merchandise way faster than an Elder Scrolls merchandise. Mm-hmm. You can walk into a JC Penny and find Fallout merchandise way faster than yeah. Elder Scrolls merchandise. Uh, same thing with a GameStop. There's it's it's already franchised as a merchandising yeah. IP. And that's just it. Is that they they talk about the leather jacket. I talked about the leather jacket, the the Nuka-Cola rum. Fallout was always that. Yeah. And here's the other thing. It's just that Bethesda was only doing what it was set out to do. It, it released the follow game a couple months after they announced it, right? They, they talked about it. They, they said the scenery, that it yeah. was West Virginia. If you look at how the, game, how the game was released, when it was released, and when Fallout first was released, it is doing the same exact steps, as any other Bethesda title. Yeah. But it's not executed well. Yeah. But they're following their schedule that they set 
before the game was even released. Yeah. I'm sure they said, all right, after a year we release it, we're going to mm-hmm. release the subscription. You know, we're going to have these products that are going to go along with it. Yeah. Like they have a schedule and that's what they're doing. They're just sticking to the schedule that they were, that that is set for them. And that's just it. That's set for them. I'm yeah. sure Zenimax said. This is, this is what you do when you release Fallout games. Yeah. Well, not just even that, but, but, even, with, but yeah. with Fallout first. Yeah. They said, listen, Elder Scrolls Plus is doing well. You need to follow that format. Mm-hmm. Why I say that is because exactly the Atoms. Why 1,650? That seems like a weird number to match ESO yeah. Plus. That yeah. matches up. Yeah. And it's $2 cheaper than ESO Plus. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because they said, well... Listen, we, we need to get it cheaper, but ESO Plus is $15 a month. You know, it, it is kind of crazy to think about that. Probably Zenimax came to them and said, you need to do exactly this. And, and what's crazy is that they're following the Fallout formats. Like what you said, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, Zenimax has already set it out. You will announce it. <clears throat> you will announce it in May. Get people mm-hmm. hyped in April and May. Announce it at E3 20, uh, in, in June in E3 and then release it in November in the same year. It is the exact same steps. Mm-hmm. Here are some patches. Here's a roadmap for DLC. Here's Wastelanders. <clears throat> and then here's what Elder Scrolls Online did. I believe why Fallout 76 was judged so harshly is because you have to, you have to, when you, when you talk about the subject, you have to go back to 2014. You have to go back to, what does social media look like nowadays? Mm-hmm. You have to go back to what did Fallout look like? Because I would like to, like I said, I would like to argue that Fallout 76 was released instead of Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. It would be way less scrutinized. It would be way less talked about. And I think that's because it's coming out in this social climate and being compared to ESO Online, mm-hmm. ESO Online, Elder Scrolls Online. But uh, any other closing thoughts about this? No, I mean, I think that we're that I think we're on the same page where it's it, like you're saying. Also, it has to be compared to ESO, and yeah. I say with that, you you know, we have to talk about that social media mm-hmm. accessibility. Yeah, you know, where everyone can just simmer together. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and compare. They can all compare their experience mm-hmm. with people of outside of their friends. Exactly. I I just thoroughly believe that if Fallout 76 was just a Fallout 4 DLC, online DLC, mm-hmm. much like, you know, any other DLC, I think they should have dipped their toes in with a DLC with Fallout 4, used the same assets. You know, it, it could have been like Far Harbor where you go into this island and everybody's over there. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But because I, I feel like they were pressured to release it as a full game, mm-hmm. that there you go. It, it's just yeah. that. I, and it's unfortunate because Fallout 76 does not have any room to breathe. No. I'm sure that it's being compared to ESO in studio. Yeah. And it's a lot of pressure to make sure that it's up to snuff. But guess what? Online games... MMO games are mm-hmm. not up to par with what Bethesda usually does, but there was the dollar bills of ESO and yeah. they, they had to go for it. Yeah. And again, like I said before, Battlecry Studios, Austin Studios, 
it, it was pressured into doing this. Yeah. And it was all hands on deck with this game, and yet it still was a buggy mess. And mm-hmm. it's and I believe this is why Fallout 76 was judged so harshly. I might have been wrong on some points, but this is this is what I've been observing and what I've been seeing about this. So yeah. Um any other thoughts? Nope. I think we can end on that. Yeah. It's lunchtime. I'm hungry. And my brain is is now not working anymore <laughs> um but if you do not agree i would love to hear it in the comments if you're watching this on youtube write it down below in the comments it, it's down there check it out it's over there if you're listening to us on audio come on youtube but if you're if you're listening to us on audio you can of course tweet us at gaming groceries or you can tweet me directly because i was mostly doing the talking and i'm the one that's mostly wrong here at ace the grocer and I'm at Journey First. Yeah, she's at Journey First. If you want to talk to me, no one talks to me though. So, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think this is a topic worth discussing, and, and discussing in a in a more um, compassionate manner. Yeah. Because I'm not one that's not guilty of being mm-hmm. emotional about Fallout 76. In fact, we've been talking about Fallout 76 since episode one. Oh dear. We've been talking. Oh, talk- yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. <laughs> and actually, you know what's funny? What? I actually looked at it about the schedule. Episode 76 of this will be right about a year since Fallout 76 was released. Oh, dear. It's coming out like one year after We're 76. We're practically a 76 podcast. Yeah. But we talk about Life is Strange a lot. Yeah. So uh, I think we can end it there. I think we we... We've said our piece. Yeah. But again, if you want to add to the subject, tweet at us or, you know, comment down below. I love to hear from you guys. So uh, comment down below of your thoughts. Why do you think Fallout 76 is judged so harshly? Not because it's buggy, because that, that that's, that's an easy not argument. The answer. <clears throat> because that's an easy argument. But here's the thing. A lot of games are buggy. Yeah. Every sort of game. When it Why releases. do you think this game is set apart from all the other buggy games? Yeah. Why is Fallout 76... Out of all the other buggy games being judged so harshly. Yeah. And that's my arguments, uh, what what I just said. Uh, but that's just it. So, again, let's end this episode. I want to eat some food. So, let's just do that. You can follow us on social medias at Gaming Grocers, as I said, or follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, where you can check out some behind-the-scenes photographs, as well as some memes... And some other photographs. That sounds wrong. Just just subscribe to us on, on Games and Groceries. Yeah. Um, Games and Groceries, all one word. You can check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all of the podcasts from the website, as well as find out where you can listen to us on the audio versions everywhere else, except for Pandora. Pandora, I'm still, I'm still waiting back from you. And if you haven't already, definitely hit that subscribe. Definitely hit that notification bell. And if you enjoyed this episode, definitely give it a like, a share. If you're watching us on YouTube and if you're listening to us on the audio, definitely give us an honest star feedback and some honest reviews from wherever you're listening to us from because we love hearing from you. And uh, with that said and done, oh, once again, just want to shout out if you like the theme song, both the intro and what you're going to hear, the outro. That was all done by Volt Supreme, who is going to be composing the game Adam's Ascending. And I have his Instagram linked down below, as well as his album Galactic Cowboy linked down below. 
check him out, Volt Supreme. Thank you again for making the theme song. And with all that said and done, did I forget anything? I think you covered it all. Cool. We hope you have a wonderful week. We love you very much. I think I do. I don't know you very well, but you know what? Have a good week. We appreciate you. Yeah. Have an awesome week. <laughs> <laughs>